everyone. Welcome to the Q&A special of the Redmond and Riddle podcast. Is this going to be very special, Jeremy? It's so special. <laughs> it's going to be so special. You're going to be so <laughs> glad that you listened to this. We're having such a great time recording these together and it's been wonderful to hear back from you guys and get some comments and, and the questions flowing through. And um, so far, I don't think anyone's called us a raging heretic. No. Um, there's oh, still time. Solid. There's still, still time. time. <laughs> Maybe after this. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, though, if you're traveling along with us on these podcasts. And we are loving being in conversation with you. And today we get to take that to another level with these, um, with these Q&A moments. So we got some good ones. People have been calling in to our little Q&A voicemail. A few people have emailed questions in, too. But I thought before we start in with other people's questions, I got one for you, Jeremy. Um, <laughs> So I was thinking, and I've got a story, but what's your most, have you got a most embarrassing moment in leading worship? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the truth is, um, I probably have many, but uh, the, the... I was thinking you might do. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I feel like... <laughs> having hang, hung around you a bit. Uh, you know. <laughs> You've seen probably, you know, at least a, a few of these. But no, I, um, I, I, I think I'll remember like the winner of a story the second I, I leave this studio, but... The only one that comes to mind is we were tracking a song, and this is something everyone feels. I feel like they've done. There's nothing special about this story, <laughs> but uh, we launched in. It was like you do you do the 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 four click, and then you're in with the full band. And of course, I was capoed in the the wrong the wrong key, and it just was horrific. And uh, anyway, it's recorded for forever and ever. Oh, I'd that. love to have a copy uh, of that. <laughs> but that's your most embarrassing. You, you're like the ultimate professional. I mean, uh, I've got no. I've got. Some terrible stories. Some uh, I can't even. Some are so bad I can't even say them on this podcast. Oh, but look at you over there. They're look like the, you're the ultimate <laughs> professional. <laughs> that might be the difference between England and America. I don't know. We, no, no, we're not known for our professionality <laughs> in these things. Maybe <laughs> I think my my best one was. Um, I've had a few terrible ones. I mean, way way back, I had this wedding where I was going to lead worship with the band and the organist was going to do his stuff. And, and on the last song, we were going to play Shine, Jesus, Shine together as the bride and groom exited. You know, that kind of wow. beautiful, special moment. Yes. Unfortunately, the organist didn't turn up to the last minute. We never got to run it. And so as the bride was walking down the aisle, we came in with the verse and he came in with the chorus. Oh, boy. And it was more like <laughs> brace, Jesus, brace. You know, it was like get in crash positions. The... It's the best way to ever ruin someone's special day that I've ever yeah, been part of. Uh, I find I just, I never want to be the wedding singer anymore. <laughs> I'm tough. really glad that that season is kind of yeah. passed for me. It's a lot of pressure. <laughs> just like, you get one chance. You really do. And, and uh, yeah, and then and I had another, actually probably my best one was uh, with Martin Smith. We were in Europe and at this big, beautiful youth event in a big arena and there was just this moment towards the end. We were on a big up-tempo song, and I thought, man, there's so much joy in the room. I looked at my band, and they were smiling like more than I ever saw them smile. Looked at Martin, he's beaming. Looked at the front row, and there's these, these kind of teenagers on the front row who are just almost like, it just seemed like this joyful outpouring. And then I look up mm. at the big Jumbotron screen, and right in the middle of my forehead is my guitar pick. <laughs> And no what happened way. was I, I had been playing it and it had gone flying and I looked around for it. I had no idea where it was. And with all the sweat on me and with a little bit of grip on there, somehow it just in a miraculous thing, it was right in the middle of my forehead. 
And everybody in that room, apart from me, knew that. <laughs> so that's that, probably. That's, I'm still like in awe. That, yeah, that I mean, it's happened. kind of embarrassing, but in another way, it's like, wow, what a sportsman. <laughs> what that, a sportsman. <laughs> that he is can right. catch a guitar pick <laughs> on his giant's his forehead. forehead. Hey. <laughs> That's so that impressive. Might, that might be my one. I, um, but we'll, we'll, I would be proud of that. I, I would. I would. I would share. I, you that. know, I've, it's tried not my it. yeah. I've tried to recreate <laughs> it. I tried to recreate it. Absolutely, it didn't go too well. It's <laughs> uh, amazing. So, so there you go. There's a little start, but we've got some more serious questions, and people have been phoning in from around the place, and um, so we're going to start with one today. This is Lee from Virginia. Hey guys, my name is Lee. I'm from Virginia. And my question is, in the first podcast, it's all about encounter versus entertainment. And my thought is, how do we how do we balance being relevant, not firing the people who are our lighting technicians and camera operators and all that good stuff, um, keeping them there, but also maintaining the element of this is not entertainment, but this is encountering God. Thanks so much, Lee. That's a great question. I love that you're following the thread of of that first podcast. And it's really good because this, you know, sometimes we're talking about theory and theology, and this is getting down to some of the practical stuff. So any thoughts on that, Jeremy? Yeah, I mean, definitely fire them all. Yeah, fire them. (laughs) Just fire them. (laughs) Start again. Um, So, I mean, here's probably how this is going to work for me is I'll just shoot uh, from the hip. And um, and let Matt clean up, you know, the, the, the mess and make it practical. Uh, but, uh, you know, a couple of like uh, kind of trigger words for me, um, you know, that I that I hear a lot um, is the whole talk of being relevant or, you know, what what that looks like. And I, I think for me, we're for, from where I'm standing, when I look at Scripture, when I look at the assignment of the church or the assignment of worship leader, we're never trying to balance relevance like relevance is is just an interesting uh, topic for me. The only thing that we are trying to do is we're trying to walk in the fullness of what it actually means to be a true worshiper of the living God, to be true disciples of Jesus. And I, I feel like when the church begins to worship and obey and minister like Jesus ministered, relevance will take care of itself. Like, yeah, <laughs> Jesus never really uh, struggled to be relevant because his life, the spiritual power and authority of 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 a man who was um, full of the Holy Spirit, anointed by God to do what he did, that was relevant enough. And I think sometimes um, we 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 put too much attention um, on that whole relevance conversation instead of just being um, followers and uh, of Jesus and and walking in that. And I I don't mean to be super um, you know um, uh, I, I want to be practical in this, but uh, but the thing is is um, let me just talk about production for a little bit. I think all. All production is is it like our the way that we should be doing production in the church is not for the sake of relevance. Like we, we don't we don't we didn't add lights and sound to to be relevant or or to stay relevant. I, I think everything that we do with production has to come back to mission. Like the church has a mission, and if production is helping us accomplish that mission, yeah. then amazing. But all production has to come into alignment with our mission. And um, you know, I wrote a little bit about this, you know, in my book. But I was just thinking about this idea and I've, I've just, um, of how so much stuff has kind of become a runaway 
kind of freight train, you know, uh, production wise, like, yeah. you know, the church. we've had this conversation as far as houses of entertainment and all that kind of a thing. And no, we, you know, we, we're not firing the lighting crew. Uh, it doesn't help our mission if, if you can't see the worship leader, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we, we don't fire our, unless our, they're our really f- bad looking. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, you know, we don't fire our film crew because again, you know, if, if our mission is to, um, basically broadcast what the Lord is doing. I've no, I've no problem with broadcasting that. It just goes like, that's in alignment with our mission. So I, I think that the question for worship communities is making sure is our production in alignment with our mission, and yeah. and and not being afraid of like, oh no, that that that's not, and and we we you know throw that out because it can be so easy, can't it, to have two, yeah, almost two teams. Yes, you've got so we could the worship leader and the. The band, we could be tracking and think about some of these themes that we're thinking about on here and trying to head towards a purer place and trying to, you know, just grow together. Wow. And all, all the time, if if you're not in alignment, like you say, with the, right. with the production, with the technical team, with anyone who's doing anything visual or right. audio, then it's going to, you're not really going to project that. Right. Um, and, and something about the unity. Yes. And you've probably had a lot more experience than me on this, but how... How do you get everyone on the same page? That's beautiful. I I think, for one, um, our Father is looking for worshipers. Yeah. Like if we just if we just step back for a moment and and be like, hey, if you just killed all of this, like what, like all the productions and programs and all that kind of a thing, and like what is our actual mission? We're in the business of making disciples for one, and disciples are worshipers. Yeah. Like the Father is seeking worshipers who worship Him, and we know this verse by heart. But but this is our mission. He's he's seeking worshipers who worship in spirit and in truth. And without going into a long theological conversation of all the implications of uh, of that verse, but that is our mission. And that means that everything we do needs to be brought into alignment with. Hey, we're in the business of making worshipers, and so and so we're not in the the business and and of of you know making celebrities or making people larger than life or or making something entertaining or or doing it like none of that actually accomplishes our mission. And so I think it. it one of the ways that we get on the same page is we begin to facilitate conversations with our tech people and with everything else. Like, hey, this is our mission, guys. Yeah. What helps us accomplish this mission? And then it's trial and error. It's 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 like we mentioned, you know, a story of a guy who his tech team, you know, brought him a, a, a different idea um, about what they wanted to do and how they thought it was going to be amazing and powerful. And he's like, all right, let's try it for a week. And then all he realizes, like, well, it made my face larger than life on some jumbo, you know, screen. And it actually seemed to shut down worship. And so he said, hey, let's not do that anymore. And I think it's it's that kind of conversation because what are we in the business of? If people stop responding to Jesus because of something we're doing in the production, then, then we need to be able to have an honest conversation be like, hey, that might have felt like a win, but it wasn't. Yeah. Why? Because it wasn't creating... It wasn't helping facilitate people into worship. Yeah, and I think there's always this thing also that this dynamic at play where you're not going to make disciples in a spectator culture. Right. So that sometimes we can be so into trying to impress and get this visual thing just right. And, right. And, and that, you know, there's something to be said for creativity, isn't there? True. And like you said, there's something to be said for doing that in a way that aligns with the values. Totally. But, but there can be that thing of you, you fall into this trap sometimes of of creating a spectator culture. Right. And then everything's great even if you don't join in, you totally. know. And and the problem with that is that's not going to lead to, in the end, the, the end result of that. A spectator culture never leads to discipleship really. You're right. 
you know, it, it, you want to get people um, to feel involved from, from day one. Right. So, I mean, I, I just feel like, do we know our mission? And yeah, are, are, are we ruthless? Are we focused? Like anyone knows that, you know, if you're running a company that doesn't know what it's about and doesn't yeah. know what it's doing, I mean, you can nail, you can have the best staff meetings in the world. They can be phenomenally produced. It can be, you know, like incredible. But if you don't know your mission, you yeah. know, as a company, your business is not going to do well. And I think we have to come back to a place where we know our mission and we know what helps that mission and we know what detracts from that mission and to be a bit ruthless, you know, with those things. And again, I don't think that means firing your lighting techs, you know, but it does mean bringing your lighting technicians into alignment with the mission of the house. That's critical. So good. Well, thank you, Lee. That's a great, great question. And uh, here's on to another question. This is Tim from Illinois. Hi, guys. I just listened to your first episode, and it was phenomenal. So timely. My name's Tim, and I'm from Illinois, Champaign-Urbana area. Uh, just something that's been a concern on my heart, maybe a question for you guys, is what's your thoughts on multi-tracks? I think today I've found in the worship realm so many leaders that are coming up and, and training are so focused on how to run tracks and maybe scheduled teams rather than they are how to be pastors, how to be led by the spirit, how to communicate with your lead pastor um, and just understand moments and what it means to lead and communicate to your team or to pastor and have language behind the songs that you're singing to your congregation. I'm just afraid that the world is so focused on multi-tracks that it's taking away of what a worship leader is and it's becoming too much of karaoke. So anyways, just wondered what your thoughts were on that. Love for you guys to speak into that. Thank you, Tim, so much. Great question. Um, I love that. We're definitely living in different days. We've got so um, so many more things to think about. And one of them is tracks. You know, hey, Do we use them? How do we use them? I mean, honestly, I've been in a lot of churches where it's not even an option, just financially or technically, that's not an option. Um, but when it becomes an option, I think it can be a really good one, but it might be the same as, as many things. It's everything in, in its rightful place, everything in line with the values and the vision, a bit like what we talked about in the last question. And I, and I, you know, I, know, I know some of these guys who run some of these companies, just really great worship mm-hmm. leaders, wholehearted worshipers. Who, who really are trying to serve the church. And, and, I, and I definitely see and recognize that. And I, all I can say really is from my own life, um, my kind of relationship with tracks has been an initial huge excitement and then realizing after a while I'm a little bit over-dependent on these things. Like, <laughs> is it almost like I couldn't even get up if this song doesn't have a track? And they're like, well, wait a minute, you used to lead that one without a track. Right. So for me, it's been a little bit... Um, Finding the right place for them. Uh, for example, I would use them more in up-tempo songs. There's two reasons for that. They help us travel in time and, mm-hmm. you know, especially in, in some scenarios, right? And they keep us all together. They might be providing parts that might be very hard for someone, some arpeggiating thing maybe mm-hmm. or some drum loop, I don't know. Mm-hmm. might be hard, um, you know, to recreate live in the moment with the musicians you have. Um, so it could be a real good stuff. And another reason for me in the up-tempo, I'm less likely to go to the spontaneous moment from up-tempo personally. Like the big celebration songs, the announcement songs, those kind of things. Hmm. I'm 
I, I, I don't tend, they don't tend to be the springboard for me. So then right. I'm happy to have a set arrangement for the song. But then it comes to another kind of song like Great Are You Lord would be a great example yeah. where I, I, don't need, I, I don't need tracks in that one. Right. I don't want to be, I love how the form of that song can change up and you can go with the flow a bit. And I just feel like busyness happening in that song or having to stick to a certain arrangement, that's not going to serve that song and it's not yeah. going to help me get the best out of that song to lead people. So there came one point where, honestly, I think we had a track for every song. Yeah. And I became like a baby with a baby bottle. You know, I yeah. need my tracks or comfort blanket. Right. You know, give me my tracks, <laughs> put them in my ears, make me feel good about myself. And, and I realized, what are you doing? Like, we've uh, gone way too far. You don't yeah. need to do that. Yeah. So now for me, uh, and you can answer too, Jeremy, but for me, it's become like a case-by-case basis. Yeah. Does this serve the song? Right. Does it help its leaders better? Is there anything that about this that's, that's going to be worse or better if we use tracks? Totally. Um, I feel like, uh, you know, as a leader, you're always looking at like, what are your core values? Because everything has to serve your core values. And I, I feel like multi-tracks are only wrong if you begin to serve them. You know, if they begin the, the and, and that's that's something we all have to watch. You know, I think for me, uh, this um, this journey is multi tracks are like a, if I have someone who I know can serve my core values, which is I want to be someone who can follow the Holy Spirit um, uh, at the drop of a hat. And if I feel like if I've got someone who is um, so excellent with running multi-tracks, which is really, if you're going to run them in a way that you can flow, yeah. um, you have to, it's, it's an incredible skill set. It is. And, and if I do not have that person, then no, I would rather ditch the tracks because I'm going to preserve my core value. And I feel like that's going to detract. Um, it's just a tool. And tools were never meant to be the leaders. And when a tool yeah. becomes the thing that's leading, then, then, then we've got the cart before the horse. And sometimes I was just going to say in this journey, you may have to kill tracks for a season to kind of reinstate what is leading and then reincorporate them like in a service position. And, yeah. and it's, it's like a retraining sometimes. Tim, uh, what I want to say is, is I feel like you're asking a deeper question. And, 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 and your question is, hey, it feels like we have become so technically focused, yeah. so focused, like, like the job description for worship leaders, almost like, can you nail the technical aspect? And if you do, then you've, you, you, you've got the job and, and your, your concern is deeper. It, it's going after, man, what this, this, it feels like we're getting, this thing is pulling us away from what our actual assignment is. Those, those are things to pay attention to when you're leading a community. And you do want to make sure like, hey guys, this is what we, we're leading people into worship. And as long as this thing is in the servant position, then, and as long as it's helping us do that, then great, we're going to lean into this because it is very helpful in certain songs to have yeah. those tracks, you know, but, but. And but, certain scenarios. Yes, Because exactly. I've been in churches where, Maybe they're struggling to find a keyboard player who, right. who they, they can hold down some stuff, but right. you might struggle with some parts or exactly. maybe don't have the sounds available. Yes. And, and, and that kind of stuff is, is great too. It's very helpful. I, but it again, can it can be. Yes. <laughs> and always. it can be a train wreck as yeah. well. <laughs> I mean, honestly, in a perfect world, Jeremy, it would just be me and my tracks. <laughs> when, I wouldn't need any of those musicians. Uh, those, and then we you know, have, have to the drag them along with just, me. <laughs> I wouldn't have to sound check. Wouldn't have to rehearse. Uh, Maybe I, I'm 
the more I talk about this, the more appealing this feels. Uh, no. I mean, I'm just going to go my own way and do. <laughs> Matt's going, yeah. the, uh, going one direction. I'm yeah. going the other. I'm like, I, I don't No, man. We can, it we reminds can... me of my friend Chris Tomlin in the old days. He literally started out cowboy hat, guitar and a drum machine. And that was him. That's, and, all, that's all he needed. And that's all he, he needed. Hey. And no. it was a beautiful thing. <laughs> And Tim, if anyone has Tim. any video, video footage of that, I will pay you <laughs> lots of money for it. There it is. There it is. Tim, take what, take whatever you can out of that. And, uh, you very know, good. Very good. You. Okay. So some people have been emailing in questions. I promise you I'm not just making this up. This is a real thing. There's a guy. Um, his name is Matt. So it sounds like I'm making up even more now. <laughs> and he's from England. Uh, this is honestly a guy called Matt from England. He's from Hope Church in Wigston, wow. wherever Wigston is. Wonderful. Wow. Hopefully we'll get to visit there one day. He says, hey, guys, uh, thank you so much for starting this podcast. I'd love to hear you talk more about the priestly role of worship leading. Hmm. So that's something we talked about a little bit on our first um, episode, Encounter versus Entertainment. Uh, Matt says, it's something I've often intuitively felt, but only ever heard people talk on the priesthood of all believers. Yeah. And I've often heard that we need to avoid speaking of worship leaders in the priestly role. So that's mm. an interesting point. Yeah. He said, I guess my question is, can you unpack it a little bit more? How does the priestly role of the worship leader fit with the priesthood of all believers and the mm. ultimate priesthood of Christ? Very good question. It's a great question. You want to have a stab at it? <laughs> I mean, I have some thoughts. I feel like but, you I know, have better thoughts when you lead with your thoughts. Okay. But no, no. I, mean, I thought you were going to say, I'll, I feel like I have better thoughts than you. <laughs> so I'm going to answer this one. And you just be quiet. No, nope, nope, that was okay, not where well, I was going. I'll start this. Love, 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 Matt, that you're talking about the universal priest of all believers. Yeah. That's, that's a thing. That's yeah. a great, great thing. That, yes, um, since the new covenant and since what Christ did on the cross, Cross, uh, we we have become this universal priesthood. We're all priests. We're all ministering to God, and and I think ministering to God could be a great key phrase here yeah. because for me, that's what it is. That when I when I talk about encounter versus entertainment, when I talk about being a priest rather than a performer, I'm basically hmm. saying when I get up there, I'm going to minister to my God, yeah. and I'm going to try and take me people with me, and you minister to Him too. Um, it, there is a sense in which I'm ministering to people too, yeah. Um, so. There's a lot of overlap, I guess, in this in this question, yeah. but but there is something of a priestly function when it comes to worship leading. Leading, we, we're ministering to the Lord uh, first and foremost, and there is an essence of ministering to the people as well. Um, but the one thing I would say, I don't want to become like some kind of middleman yeah. between you need me to help you get to Jesus. Right. Often we can do that, you know, uh, sometimes you have to listen to my talk or you have to read my book mm -hmm. if you want to get to Jesus. And, you know, that isn't universal priest of the New Testament. That's, right. That's saying I'm going to be the priest and without me, you've got no other way to get to God. That's really. right. Absolute nonsense, obviously. And that's right. not what we're trying to do no. as worship leaders. Um, I don't want to become, I, I think I would be a bad worship leader if, if ultimately you need me to be your middleman between yes. you and God. Now, yes. There can be elements of that if you're welcoming sure. someone who's new into the fold right. or different things. But generally, the idea is we get everyone to realize, let's go and minister to God together. Yeah. No, and I love that. I, and it's interesting that some people kind of warned away. And I'd, I'd, have, to, I'd have to, you know, um, research 
more. I think I understand it because you, you do have the Old Testament, Old Covenant kind of understanding of priesthood. And then we have, you know, we're under the New Covenant. And that's that's a different thing. But for me, that just means we should study the role of priesthood all the more. Because um, uh, I actually think that when we understand, first and foremost, that we are not leading a congregation per se, we are, we're not leading a group of singers. We're actually leading a royal priesthood. That changes everything for me. When I actually understand that it's, I'm, 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 not, I'm not the only royal priest like in the room. I'm actually leading a company of royal priests. Love that. that really started to change um, something. But how can we lead people into something that we don't understand and that we don't even model? And I, I think what we have to understand is many of the times the congregation in front of us, you have to I, I almost view them like this is a royal priesthood in training. Yeah. Like the way that that a senior teacher would teach another group of teachers is different than if they treated them as students. This isn't teacher student. This is like like a senior teacher kind of leading a group of teachers and equipping them and helping them grow and understand who they really are. And I think in that sense we we have to understand our priestly role before the Lord because we're 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 called to equip Every, every one of the offices in the body of Christ, and it doesn't necessarily name a worship leader. You've got apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and pastors. But, you know, all of those, they have the role of actually equipping the church to do the work of ministry. And we have, in, in many ways, that, that's kind of a model for us. Like, we're, we're here to equip a royal priesthood in their assignment to minister to the Lord, to proclaim the excellences of him who's called us out of darkness and into one, you know, wonderful light. And so for me, that's something like I, I want to understand what it means to priest before the Lord yeah. because I'm training, I'm leading a group of priests so that we might all step into this, so we might all do this. I do not see this as like an exclusive role yeah. over my life. You know, I, it's something that I, I, I'm, I'm just in a company. Uh, and there, that can, makes any and sense. there can be a, a frustration to it sometimes. Oh. So There's almost like a holy frustration because mm-hmm. yes. a, as that kind of person up the front leading the charge god's given you a vision for that's where you're right. going to go that's right he's given you some insights in, into the whole thing and 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 the whole point is if everyone in the room had had that level of insight right. and vision you wouldn't need to be up there anyway so exactly. your job is to encourage them equip into that. that until yeah. they step into the fullness of that yeah and that went, oh man i've tasted a moments where where a congregation is like oh we are priesting we are all priesting before the lord right yeah. now and that's when we're just like ah we have done it <laughs> and, and, and there's some beautiful moments where you feel like almost the people are leading now yes so you're you're in the room and you're up the yes. front you're on stage or whatever but actually something's happening something's coming from right. the congregation and, that, right. and that's that dynamic i guess in in full flow, Lit- full on. They 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 are priests and they're leading and they're, full on. I love that. Come on, wonderful. Um, so here's a question uh, that was sent in from anonymous uh, from Monroe, Washington. Now I think that anytime anyone calls themselves anonymous on this, we should give them a fake name. So <laughs> I've got an idea that we could. Their first name could be Hans, and their second name could be India. This is so. So they're called Hans India, which I think is a great <laughs> worship leader name. So, Anonymous, thank you for letting us call you that today. Uh, This is Anonymous from Monroe, Washington, with a question. Hey, guys. I am from Monroe, Washington. I am a worship leader and a church planter. And I just really appreciated some of the things you were saying in your last episode about comfort versus confrontation. But I had a question on just uh, the balance of that and the tension of that as a worship leader leading the people of God into um, into his presence. So 
oftentimes I feel like my battle as a worship leader is trying to get people to get past the things that they've carried in into faith to enter the presence of God and not to get, um, to not allow them to get introspective or pull them out of introspection. Um, how do you guys effectively do that? Thank you, Momro. Um, not, not Momro, he's anonymous. <laughs> Hans. Hans. Thank you, Hans. Thank you, Hans, for your question. Uh, very, very good. Um, I'd, I can't wait to get to meet Mr. India one day. That's right. Um, but Hans, this is a good question, I think, because so many of these things we're talking about, they are about balance. And I, and I totally get what you're saying, that, you know, we get this confrontation and all that aspect of it, but how do we stop it becoming introspective? Because you're dead right. If it becomes introspective uh, and inward-looking, then it becomes all about us again. Wow. It becomes all about us again, and that's that's really not what we're going for here. Uh, in any shape or form, so yeah, I really, I really like that. I think for me, um, just when you encounter God, there are going to be things that you're going to have to look at in yourself. Yeah. They're just going to show up, but that's not the end of the story. Yeah, and you're not going to dwell there forever. You, 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 you help people deal with them. You help people repent. You help people yeah. ask to be changed, and then you move on, mm. and you, and you move on to to that healthy place of just lifting your eyes to God again. And I, and I think that would be for me, it's all about the, the pace of the journey and where you take your little stops on the journey. And I wouldn't want to hang out for a long time in that place of yeah. woe is me. Right. I think you can have that moment. It's so healthy, but you probably don't want to dwell there. You want to get them to the resolve and to the moving forward and to the, the like you say, um, just... Uh, knowing that you've been cleansed and that the Holy Spirit's working in your life and you can move onwards. So that, for me, that would be it. Just like take a moment for that introspection, if it needs to be called that. Yeah. But then make sure we get everyone's eyes back on Christ yeah. and back on how glorious he is. And, and that would be a really healthy uh, process, I think. Yeah, I, I think it's true. You know, I, I think one of the things that caught me um, I would have slightly different language for this. I, I don't think our job is to get people past, but but through. Yeah. Like through through those things that, they, you know, it's not to ignore the things that have happened to them during the week. I, I don't, they're a brush aside or, or like pretend that they don't exist. I think it's how do we lead them through those things, through, through, which is honestly not something that we're necessarily doing. And I think that what's beautiful about worship leading is that this is not something we're doing alone. Like our job is to lead people into, through the gates of thanksgiving and praise to get their eyes on Jesus, but just knowing that the Holy Spirit is doing a work in everyone's heart. And I, and I, you know, like I'll, I'll just, I'll just use this, you know, as an example, because, uh, you know, for me, one of the most common things that happens to me in, in a worship service where God begins to show up and his presence begins to show up is I get convicted of sin. Like, yeah. that's a real thing. I'll remember the comment that was sharp to my wife, or I'll remember something that interaction with my kids or a coworker or something like that. And I'll remember it. And, I'll, and, and, and the thing is, is not all what we would call introspection is, is necessarily uh, bad. It, it's, and I, I think there is a place that we, when, you, when you find that when the Spirit of God begins to rest in a room, He's doing all kinds of things yes. in people's hearts. And we don't want to be like, guys, just get past all that, yeah. you know? Uh, and maybe <laughs> maybe not even just negative, like calling out sin in your life, but maybe right. affirmation. No, fully, maybe God's 
need wanting to take that you moment in his know. presence to tell you how awesome you are <laughs> because you need to hear that right, right now straight from him right and that you could again that you could be called that introspection right but but it's actually a really important part of of the of, of the worship moment no it, it, it's so true i think the point being is that we don't ever really know all that god is doing in the room. And sometimes my perception is like, ah, oh, there's such a lack of faith today, or there's such, you know, like, where was the, where were the people in their response to God today? You know, and sometimes, uh, again, I, I do think as God begins to deal with things, there is, there is a health that begins to happen and there's a faith that begins to, to happen. But, but that's never the result of when people, um, like, like, you know, you know, ignore what, yeah. what's going on inside of them so much as that they take that before the Lord. And, and there's a, there's a teaching, I would love to hear more teaching on how to actually incorporate quick, you know, confession, repentance, uh, you know, like in worship, because I think these are vital things for restoring relationship with God that actually lead to greater praise. And when we try to just ignore stuff, like that's where it actually becomes a thing that that begins to interfere or impede our ability to connect, uh, you know, with the Lord. But I also think just practically when it comes to introspection (laughs) is, first of all, just song choice. Like I think our our first job, if you, like if we if we start singing songs of deep response, or, or we we go into you know again, we're 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 inviting people into a place of being introspective. Yeah. Um. But but if we're if we're leading people like, hey, all eyes on Jesus. Yeah. And songs that just hear like pro praise him, like come let's praise him. If we frame that time a little better if we if we if we have our song choices work with that where we're hey get, get your eyes off of you get your eyes on Jesus yeah. and again we're not like you know smacking people around with that but we you know just leading songs that are full of who Jesus is that's really really going to help people you know begin to build faith in people's hearts if you if you want them to to to, you know, if you're singing songs about the cross and about the majesty of Jesus and all the work that he's accomplished, you're going to find a lot of that work begins to take place by itself in people's hearts. Love that. You know, so that's a dynamic like I've seen time and time again. I absolutely on, love full that. Full on. Wonderful. Thank you so much uh, for your question. And this next one's from um, Joel from Denver, Colorado. Now, um, I just got back from Denver, Colorado. Quite near there. Um, would you believe I was on a dude ranch? You would you say how do you say that? Ranch, ranch. How do you say that? Uh, ranch, ranch. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was on a dude ranch. Yeah, dude ranch. And uh, ranch got to sounds. do some riding some horses. Not a very normal thing for me. I was very outside of my comfort zone. Uh, me and my family. But it was a good time. Hey, so I, thank you, Denver, Colorado. That's right. That's right. For your high altitude and your horses. <laughs> uh, so this is Joel from Denver, Colorado. Hey, Joel from Denver, Colorado here. Uh, thank you guys for doing what you're doing. I had a quick question. Uh, it pertains to those leading in more like liturgical context. Uh, you guys talked about encountering God versus performance. And just be curious to hear from your guys' perspective for those leading in a, a more like overt liturgical context. What are some recommendations for encouraging encounter with God, encouraging wholeheartedness, uh, whole body kind of engagement with him? I'd just be curious to hear how you guys would... Encourage that and approach that. Thank you, Joel. Love that question. Um, I, I've, over the times uh, I've been leading, sometimes end up in very liturgical context too, and I love that. And, you know, I think the strength of that is sometimes it ensures that certain ingredients are in the mix. It ensures that certain parts of the revelation of Jesus and what we need to sing about, uh, we are singing about. And I, I, I absolutely love that. Um, 
I think sometimes the the tension can be, and maybe you're talking about this a bit in your question, that that sometimes the downside if you if you're not if you don't attend to it, if you're not careful in the in a very liturgical context, can be that it doesn't speak of relationship. Hmm. You know, used wrongly, it starts to speak of ritual, and it doesn't speak of relationship. Hmm. And so. Yeah, I love your question. What are some recommendations for encouraging encounter with God and encouraging an explosion of wholeheartedness and a full-bodied engagement with Him? That's a great question. Um, to me, it comes back to the age-old thing of revelation and response. Just trying to make sure we got both in the mix. I've been in some contexts where I feel like response is fully dialed up, but where's the revelation? It's not really telling me what I'm responding to. It's not really firing up my heart and soul with the glories of who Christ is. Um, and so you're trying to make sure revelation's in there and the liturgical stuff's helping you do that. Hmm. But then you're trying to make sure response is in there. And so I, what I would do is I would add a third one, and I would say that's reflex. Hmm. It's like you've got revelation response, but there's also this other dynamic called reflex. And sometimes... Um, the liturgical can lack reflex. It can lack this sense of, um, wow, isn't this amazing about God? And now my heart is going to get to respond to that. Yeah. My heart's going to get to, like, the, you know, yeah. the reflex is going to happen. Yeah. Even some of the old hymns, they're fascinating because they stir you up. Your heart, mind, mm. and soul, they stir you up mm. with, the, with this poetic glory of who God is. But they don't give you anything to do with it. don't mm. give you a space then to go, wow, right. or go praise him, or go hallelujah. Right. Right. And, and so, essentially, I think you're trying to figure out how do you make sure reflex is in the equation when it comes to the liturgical stuff. And, you know, I don't know exactly what your... Um, what your uh, setting is. But for me, it can be as simple sometimes of, you know, like little, the little section like we'll sing now and again, praise the Lord, oh my soul, praise the Lord. What about, so you take that and so you've had your liturgical moment, you're, you're speaking through, maybe it's the creed or maybe it's some other part of the liturgy. So what about, um, Joel, if you take something like that simple chorus and you tag it on the end of that, coming out of that, hmm. and what it does, it builds in the response. It builds in the moment for the heart to, um, be, to, 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 to have that reflex of, 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 of praise. So that, that would be my thought. Any, any other thoughts on this, Jeremy? Oh, I think you handled that beautifully. That's, I'm all out of ideas and I'm not in that context <laughs> uh, as much as I used to be, but I hope that's helpful in some way, Joel. So I reckon let's do one more question. Are uh, you up for one more, Jeremy? Let's go. This the guy is from Nashville. This is Jordan. I have a question that I'd love to run by you guys and pick your brain on um, that I've been wrestling with for several years now, and it's where and how does creativity intersect with worship? You know, as I've been involved in the Christian music industry as well, I can't help but feel like we've created a formula for how we worship God and try to connect people to him. Um, I think many people believe that anything new or creative is distracting or leaning more towards entertainment than leading people in worship. But I personally believe God desires us to take new territory in our worship um, through creativity and also show people a new side of heaven that they haven't seen before and connecting them with the new side of who God is. Hey, Jordan. Thanks so much. Great question. Um, I love thinking about creativity. Um, 
I'm going to throw this one over to Jeremy in a sec, but the one thing I would say, Jeremy, you, you can have all the tricky questions. No, but the one thing I would say, we're in this weird balance sometimes between um, wanting fresh expressions in the church. And, but, and I've heard this criticism sometimes, even like, oh, but every church sounds the same, this, that. Well, and I'm thinking, yeah, but there are 400,000 churches in America. So we're unlikely to have 400,000 <laughs> Different creative expressions. I mean, that's putting quite a bit of pressure on ourselves if we were wow. to do that. So you're in this weird thing between not wanting everything to be kind of vanilla and the same and just sound like it's cookie cutter from this church or another, but on the other hand, realizing um, we'd have to be pretty radical and do some pretty weird stuff if, if everywhere <laughs> if everywhere was going to have a different thing. So mm. I, I guess I'm coming from on that perspective. I... I, I'm probably more in the creative world with words. Hmm. And so when I'm around musicians hmm. who are more into sounds and chords and sonics and all yeah. that stuff, I, I'm not, I'm a little a fish out of water and I'm hmm. just trying to learn from them. Yeah. And, and I think um, essentially it is going to go back to let people explore and have adventure as much as they want, as long as they have great hearts and character yeah. and, and, you know, of, and they value your vision and and the things that you value. Um, but have you got any more thoughts on this? I think I feel like you might be better. You're more of a musician than me. I mean, <laughs> That's not I, true. I, if you put me up there without a caper, I, you uh, might as well not even have asked me to lead worship. I'm, you, I could just do a cappella. <laughs> I um I no, in some ways I'm I'm a total guitar hack, a typical worship leader in, 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 that, in that sense, but. I I feel this is such a deep question, Jordan. And um, and if I said I had all the answers, then I I would you know uh, I, I definitely don't. And and I feel the wrestle. I, I I feel the real tension. I feel the thing that the Lord has put inside your heart. And I I I would say you you are absolutely on to something. Um, and and I think you know that. I think you know, like in your gut and your spirit, that there is more to this yeah. thing called worship than than what we've made it. And there's more creativity. And particularly, you're coming out of Nashville. You know, you're 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 kind of surrounded by a little bit more of the industry and 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 some of the more formulaic uh, kind of ways of making worship music. And mm. and I do think that that so there's something in you that goes like, I I see this, but I I know that there's more. And you know, it says we're commanded to sing a new song to the Lord. And the question is is not at all whether we're called to be, you know, more creative than, than we've been. That's not really the question. I would say, of course we are. But the real question for me is how? Uh, because I think so many, so many times that we, we, we take something that we know should be the fruit of something and we make it the pursuit. And I would say that creativity is never, it is the fruit. It should be the fruit of a relationship with Jesus. It should be the fruit of intimacy. It should be the fruit of being in the presence of God. Like it should be the fruit of being before his throne. Like have we read about the throne? Like it is crazy what's going on. There's more colors. There's more activity. There's more weird sights than we have ever seen on earth. It is wild. But the question is, um, and so it's not a question of whether or not there is, there is, there's more for us. It's a question of, of how. And I, and I, I just, I think what I want to say um, is that a lot of times creativity becomes, becomes the goal. Um, and I, and I want to say, I, you know, as uh, man, again, ed- edit, edit it will here, but I was reading this book called Atomic Habits and um, it's not, it's not. It's called what? Atomic Habits. Atomic 
Atomic. A T O M. We're having a translation atomic. moment here. Atomic. Oh, like a bo- like atomic bomb. Yes. Oh, okay. Is atomic not? Uh, is not? No, that's good. It's just it's just your atomic. Is that what you yeah, said? Yeah, yeah. It's okay. your accent. Uh, it's my accent. Like, yes. You know, the Queen <laughs> definitely doesn't say it like you just said it. <laughs> Lesser. Right, we got it. We're back on okay, track. Okay. Atomic it Habits, says, Atomic everyone. Habits, um, as far as I think, I forget the author of this book. He just talked about, he says, don't make goals create systems. He says, systems naturally create outcomes. And I've just been thinking about that principle. I've been thinking about our system because sometimes I think we our goal, we, we make it a goal, like creativity is a goal. No, no, no. Uh, we need to look at the system that would actually naturally enable and release creativity. And, and for me, some of the things that have become you know, impediments or, or, or things that, that resist creativity are, are these formulas. And I think we do actually have to, in some ways, um, the thing is we rely, gosh, I'm interrupting myself every five seconds here, but here, it's work good. with my brain, all right? Uh, <laughs> We're tracking with you. Okay, when Keep we going. rely on formulas versus the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, that's where we get into these kind of scripted things. And, I, and sometimes, guys, I, I just, I just want to say our system, the system that we want that will enable us to step into it, uh, into a whole other new dimensions of creativity, is giving ourselves to being a people full of the Holy Spirit. And if we will give ourselves to walking in step with the Spirit, to singing in the Spirit, to being a people that are truly born of the Spirit and, and, and walking in communion with the Holy Spirit, we will be a wildly creative people. Yeah. When we learn to actually access our spirits, there's more that the Lord has put inside of our spirits. Than, than we can possibly imagine. And it's only through a, a life of faith. It's only learning how to minister to the Lord. I, I remember I was making a, one of the more creative records that I've ever made. And that I don't know that it, it totally translated, but it was, a, it was a sacrifice unto the Lord. But I, I'll never forget, there was a moment I was working with someone who was full of the Holy Spirit. And all, like we reached a point where I, I felt like I was empty. I felt like I didn't have anything. I actually made that record in a really broken place yeah. um, in my life. And I felt dried up. And, and all he's, he's like, get out of your head. <laughs> he's I'm doing a vocal track and he's like, get out of your head. You're, you're singing from your head. Yeah. He, he's like, just get up, walk around, pray in the spirit and then come back and sing. He's like, and he's, and I did, I just got up. I was like, all right, I'm doing this. And I just began to pray in the spirit. And I came back to the microphone. And he's like, just sing out of your spirit. Wow. And I just sang and it was wild what began to pour out of me. And I just realized like this thing of creativity it's the Lord has put it inside of it. We, he's been, he, we, we have a spirit that yeah. he's put inside of us and an anointing that he's put inside of us. And when we begin to learn how to access that, um, uh, man, we begin to step into a whole nother level. So for me, it's, 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 it's not formulaic one way or the other. It's like we pursue Jesus. We pursue being people full of the Holy Spirit. We get on our instruments and we begin to pray and sing the Spirit. We begin to prophesy. I, I, there's just so many dimensions to this, but it's not going to happen the way that, that we have tried to make, I, I think, worship you know, music before. We have to step into new ways of creating and new ways of, of even writing, yeah. I, I think, before, before we're going to taste this other side of creativity. That's really great. I love that. I, I heard what someone say it's no accident that we are a singing people because we're the children of a singing God. And I think in, in this moment, it's it's no accident that we're a creative people because we're right. the children of a creative God. And I, I love everything you just said that. And that was a great question, Jordan. Thank you so Seriously. much. It's one of those ones where there's a lot more 
to say, but unfortunately yes. we are out of time today <laughs> and um, we've come to the end of our Q&A special. How special was it for you, Jeremy? Uh, it was very special. It was very special. Was very special. <laughs> one of the most <laughs> special <laughs> ever. Um, so we're going to do one more of these at some point, so please keep your questions coming in. Thanks to everyone who's already sent questions in. You can call in. Um, it's one 774 5679, which is 1-888-77-GLORY. That's one 77 glory You can leave Jeremy and myself a message and um, and then maybe you'll, you'll get to be on a future episode. We yeah. would love that. Mm-hmm. But for now, thank you so much for listening in today. Um, and if this podcast's helping you out at all, please do keep subscribing on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. Recommend it around if you want to to other people in your worship team or whoever. And just a big thanks to all the usual culprits who are helping us pull these things together. Gold Pacific Studios in Orange County and um, Integrity. And um, most of all, thanks to you for listening. Jeremy, why don't you uh, wrap us up with a prayer today? Hmm. Oh, Jesus, thank you for calling us, making us your own, bringing us into the family of God and um, giving us the tremendous, unthinkable, unimaginable privilege of becoming sons and daughters of the living God. And all we want to do is be faithful to you, be faithful to walk and to live worthy of the calling that we've received. So Holy Spirit, make us so aware of what that calling truly is. Cut through the clutter. Bring your clarity. Cut through all the things and other different job descriptions that really aren't our job description and bring the clarity of your holy presence into our lives that enables us to see rightly, to see clearly who you've made us to be and to step into the fullness of that high calling that we've been given. Lord, bless your people today. Bless your worship leaders. Bless your ministers. Bless your musicians. Bless those that you have given a gift to glorify you. And Lord, I just pray that you would bless them and release them, keep them, and um, and make them fruitful for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless everyone. We'll see you next time.